When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. has been to this campus 10 times. But this is our very first trip here for College Game Day, the football show, and they have rolled out the red carpet for us. He's Desmond Howard, he is David Pollock, I'm Jen Latta. Welcome into College Football Live. A big show for you today, a big show for you tomorrow. We'll get to that a little bit later. But guys, Kansas is doing very well this season. You know, tomorrow's game against TCU yeah. is the third straight sellout right there over at the booth. They haven't done that for 15 years. And you're looking at the numbers right now there that you can see. 420 yards per game. That is the best since 2009. Their five wins this season, as many as they have had the last three years combined. So, David, I'm going to start with you. How seriously should the nation be taking this Kansas football team? You even got your Kansas blue on the I today. did. Look I at that. Like that. Bring it out, right, guys? To the crowd, the whole yeah. team. Dude, I, I tell you what, it's been fun to watch. I mean, this is one of the best turnarounds we've seen in college football. They, they finished last the last five years in the Big 12. And now to look where they're at, their offense is 100% legit. And I tell you what, when, I, when you look at a team and you know they're pretty good yeah. and they're pretty legit, is when they can win a multitude of ways. That's right. Last week, Jalen Daniels did not have a great game, did not have his best game at all. Right. And they still found a way to win and play good defense. So they've done it a variety of ways. That's how you know they're a really good And against team. a good Iowa State football team, too, who plays great defense. I've been so impressed with Jalen Daniels and this offense and the way they've turned everything around. But it's about the whole team. It's the culture. When you listen to these guys talk, we had Jalen on the show a couple of days ago. Whoa. He's a guy who's easy to root for. You love that fashion, smile. too, bro. Yeah, he got, got a little fashion taste, you know what I mean? But they changed the culture. That's why they're winning now, Jim. Worried about TCU tomorrow? It's a big, a big concern. TCU's the number one scoring offense in the Big 12. Hell yeah. Them dudes, they play too. <laughs> <laughs> so Oklahoma a week ago, they put a spanking on the Sooners. So, uh, yeah, big concern. I don't know if Oklahoma's recovered yet from that no, beat down so. they put on. They had, a, they had 40 in the first half, didn't right, they? I mean, yeah, so, was, yeah, this will be a great test for, uh, for Kansas, and specifically that defense. I mean, this uh, this offense for TCU, high-flying, yeah. Max Duggan doing whatever he wants Fast. to do right now. So been good. Exactly. Maybe the biggest discrepancy is the speed that TCU yeah. has versus Kansas. Dudes. And but we talked about, well, I'm sorry, we talked to the coaches, too. They came in the meeting room. They say, yeah, it's going to be a great challenge. This is one of those games where you kind of find out where you really are in your conference. Kansas has 13 transfers, guys. Now, not all of those guys are starting. Some of them just came in and offered competition for the guys who were already there, being like, if you're not going to do your job well, somebody else is coming up to the back that may try to take it. Right. That is how you accelerate a rebuild, and that is what they have done here at Kansas. I know these 100%. folks out here 100%. don't don't think a whole heck of a lot about TCU, though. They're letting us know this morning. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some of the 
other games that are taking place in our Saturday slate. Saturday's action kicks off with the Red River rivalry on ABC, and it only gets better from there. Heisman candidate Hendon Hooker leading the Vols into Death Valley, taking on LSU, that game on ESPN. And in the night window, the matchup everybody's been talking about, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M looking to pull the upset against top-ranked Alabama. For more on that matchup in Tuscaloosa, college football insider Pete Thamel joins us now. Pete, Bryce Young hurt his shoulder in last week's game against Arkansas, so what is his status for tomorrow's game against A&M? Jen, there's an air of ambiguity hanging over Bryce Young that really won't get cleared up until right before kickoff on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. He has a shoulder sprain. He's day-to-day. He's worked hard in order to try to get back for this game, and he'll end up, they'll end up deciding right before the game whether or not Bryce Young goes for the Crimson Tide. The good news is it's not structural damage. It's not a long-term thing. Tennessee looms next week, which could factor into decision-making. Pete, we appreciate you as always, and we will check back in with you for an update on Texas, Oklahoma in just a few moments. But I want to bring it back to David and Desmond right now. Your level of concern against AM Des and moving forward with this Bryce Young injury. I don't think I'm as concerned next, I mean, well, tomorrow, because AM, they just really struggle a lot on offense. I don't think they're going to be in the shootout. I think that Alabama can get be, get beyond AM without Bryce Young. But then the following week, when you're playing against Jen told you, Hendon Hooker is a Heisman uh, candidate right now. You know, you look at the rest of their schedule. Utah, Texas A&M at Tennessee in Knoxville. Then they got Mississippi State at LSU. You can get a little dicey at Ole Miss. They're playing well, too. Moving forward, I would want him for the final stretch. I think that I would not play him at all tomorrow. Maybe have him available in an emergency, emergency situation, but I definitely wouldn't start him against the Aggies. Yeah, and the offense, obviously, last week you saw change tremendously when yeah. Milro came in. It's a different it's a different deal, but Bryce Young, he's got, they got to look out for him long term. I will say this, Absolutely. though. Nick Saban ain't the best at that. Okay, he likes to play his guys, and you like it, you earn it every week, and yeah. you got to practice every week, and you got to grind. So I'll be interested to see how he handles Bryce Young and the shoulder. And I love the verbiage, by the way, that comes out of Tuscaloosa. Like what are they oh, saying? What are they saying? He's like uh, Bryce's day to day. It's gonna go on his feeling. Practiced yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? They show receivers in right. practice catching balls. They don't show who's throwing to them. There you I go. Mean, huh? <laughs> It's just funny. It's, it's, it's fun to follow about yeah. uh, following, connecting the dots. But I, I, I find it very hard to believe that Bryce Young is going to play this week. You know what's crazy, though, guys? They've got that conveyor belt of players at Alabama, right? Yep. Good guy. Everybody knows Bryce Young. But right behind him, Jalen Milrow, 6'2", 200-plus yeah. pounds, four-star recruit, dual-threat guy who clipped off a 77-yard scramble Whoa, in the second half of last week's game. Yep. They've got dogs at every position and even at the backup positions Absolutely. at Alabama. Let's get to that Texas-Oklahoma game. We had to the Cotton Bowl on Saturday for the next chapter in that storied rivalry. After a disappointing start to the season for both squads, the Longhorns and the Sooners both unranked headed into this game for the first time since 1998. Now, I don't want to be telling people's ages, but I was in high school back in 1998, <laughs> y'all. We didn't say it. <laughs> oh, man. That's right. Okay. You always, you always beat up to the joke, guys. That's how that works. <laughs> Pete joining us again now. Both of these squads have injuries at quarterback. What's the latest with Texas and Oklahoma, Pete. Yeah, General Quinn Ewers will be back for the Red River rivalry, and he will start for Texas on Saturday. That's the expectation coming in. The last time we saw Quinn Ewers, he was getting driven into the ground by Dallas Turner, as we see in this clip here. He threw for 134 yards in the first quarter 
against the Crimson Tide. That was the biggest, the, the fourth biggest fourth first quarter that anyone has had against the Nick Saban team. So look out Oklahoma, they're 109th in total offense. Now we go over to Dylan Gabriel, Jen, and he obviously got a concussion in that TCU game. We, we, we see the hit right there. And there's a little bit of ambiguity around his status as well going into this game. Oklahoma has been preparing without him, including Davis Bevel and General Booty and Nick Evers all getting snaps. They're prepared to go without Dylan Gabriel if he's not ready on Saturday from concussion protocol. Pete, we appreciate you. It feels like concussions have been a... Topic yeah. of conversation lately yes, on ESPN and beyond. Not surprised that they are going that route with him. Both teams three and two. Which team do you think is in more trouble right now, David? Well, it feels different, the three and two. Doesn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. Oklahoma last week getting, I mean, the doors blown curb off stomp, of them last yeah. week. Yeah, that's a good word. Uh, getting <laughs> curb stomped last week by, uh, by TCU. They just, they looked awful. Now you're on your backup quarterback situation. Texas on the other end of it now, it seems like they're getting healthier. So right. Oklahoma... It just seems like they're at a flux in their season. They can go one or two ways. The last two games, obviously, have not been in their favor. Defensively, they've stunk. They have stunk Absolutely. the joint up. And, and the thing that was carrying you right. was your offense. Right. And now your quarterback's out. So, yes. yeah. No, Go ahead, Dennis. And, you know, we Tell me about, some positivity on Oklahoma right now. I wish I could. I mean, we talked about Dylan Gabriel. He's probably not going to play, so the offense is going to struggle. But the, the biggest story has been the defense. And we thought that Brent Venables would come over from Clemson and solidify this defense. And they've just been getting worse and worse and worse by the week. I mean, what happened last week against TCU, I never saw that coming. I mean, Max Duggan, they throw him into the Heisman conversation just from that game. So I think Oklahoma is going in the wrong direction right now. Texas, I believe, is going the right direction, especially getting their quarterback back, Brent, uh, Quinn Ewers. All right, but they always talk about you are what your record indicates. Kansas over here has got the best record. Yeah. Are they actually better than Texas and Oklahoma right now, Dennis? I mean, it's hard to argue against that. It really is. I mean, they've earned this uh, respect. I mean, game day is here. You got the Red River rivalry. You got Texas A&M versus Alabama. But we're here just because they've earned it. I think right now, tomorrow's going to be a great indication because TCU is a really, really good team in that conference, too. So I think that uh, I think they're for real. Though. I enjoy what I see. I'm going to answer this question very easily. Last year, was Kansas City good at football? No. Okay. Did they beat Texas? Yeah! They beat Texas right. last year. <laughs> Game yeah. that turning point, that flashpoint yeah. for the program. Just saying, they were better than Texas a year ago. So they're way better than Texas <laughs> this year, right? Like, I think one plus one is two, right? Let's go. Oh, you're acting like that basic arithmetic <laughs> over our heads sometimes. That's the, that's the highest I can count, right? <laughs> the 118th annual Red River Showdown game. Texas taking on Oklahoma at Red the River Cotton is at noon Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app, Tomato Tomato. When we return on College Football Live, Hendon Hooker, we've been talking about him. He's going to take those balls, high-flying offense, into Death Valley to face LSU. What challenges does that defense pose? Plus, Kansas, not a basketball school, just a basketball school anymore. We'll dive into how these Jayhawks have exceeded expectations all season long. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This Heisman Update is brought to you by Nissan, premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. College Football Live coming to you from Lawrence, Kansas. We are taking a look at that Heisman update brought to you by Nishan. What Hendon Hooker has been doing in Knoxville is nothing short of stellar. He leads the SEC in QBR and yards per attempt this season and has the balls up to number eight in the AP poll as they head in to Death Valley. We are back here in Lawrence. Happy to have the band here and the dance team and the cheerleaders and all these fans. It's a little chilly out here. And this guy didn't bring a coat, so that's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tomorrow morning, I might have one. <laughs> you know what won't be cold is the matchup between the Volunteers and LSU. How would you size up this matchup between Hendon Hooker and the LSU defense, David? Well, I, I think Hendon Hooker deserves to be in the high of the conversation. He's earned that. Like, yeah. he's earned that. You've watched him through his team. They don't run the ball particularly great, but he's still carried them. You see him make plays. In the pit game, when they needed him in overtime, he made plays. In the Florida game, you saw rush for over 100 yards so Hendon Hooker's really and this offense just really has done a great job now Des yeah going to Death Valley yeah tough place to play and against a really good defense yeah and you know he's been able to to put these numbers up without one of his star receivers Cedric Tillman who's been out with an ankle injury and Cedric's going to be out tomorrow against LSU with an ankle injury but I love the the the, the athleticism of, of LSU's defense I think on the back end they may match up well on the perimeter and then the front end they're going to they're going to get some pressure on Hendon Hook. I'm telling you, LSU is a very physical team up front. I love the athleticism in the, on the perimeter, but the only problem, David, is I wish this was like a 7 p.m. kick Ooh. as opposed to a 12 p.m. kick because Death Valley is yes. a whole different monster at nighttime. A little more hydrated. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we call that tuned up. Yeah. A little yeah, more tuned exactly. up. You saw it there on the graphic. LSU defense is only allowing 14.8 points per game. You think that the Volunteers are able to go up up top on that, up above that this game? Yes. Absolutely. I, I think 100%. You, saw, you all saw Tennessee last year against an all-time great Georgia defense put up yeah. almost 20 points and right. could have scored more. So this offense is going to score. They're, that's what they do. They're, they're going to do it super fast, and they're going to score points. All right, let's take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. Utah heads to the Rose Bowl to take on the Bruins in the first AP-ranked matchup in series history. Can you believe that? The first oh time God, these two teams have faced off where they have both been ranked. The mm. Utes boast one of the best defenses in the country, but of course they too will have their hands full with a good QB in Dorian Thompson-Robinson and that offense. So, guys, this is very much strength versus strength. Who do you think has the advantage in this one, Des? I tell you what, I have to give it to UCLA's offense. I mean, DTR, the way he played the other night, not just, you know, that night, but that was a big game. It was against Washington, so it was a marquee matchup. But even before that, you can see the growth and the development in DTR. He's very calm. He's very cool. He's making very a lot of accurate throws. But then when he doesn't have the, the – look, look at that move right there. I mean, bro, did you see how he just stopped on the dime, sidestepped and walked, walked into the end zone? I love this offense, man. They're explosive. They're dynamic. It's going to be a great matchup going against that Utah defense. Yeah, and last time we saw Utah, you know, when they went on the road, they went to Florida. Again yeah, in the big exactly. game, and they, and they really struggled. So yeah. interested to see their defense. But offensively, Cam Rise, 
what can they bring to the table? Can they create explosive plays? This is an offense that's more about dink and dunk and Cameron Rising playing. Can they make explosive plays and keep up with the UCLA offense that's been cooking? I mean, he's DTR, I, I, it'll be interesting to watch. He has a showcase game this week. Yep. They're undefeated. If he's the guy that throws his name in that Heisman, Heisman race later on down the season exactly. because he's yep. played great. Both of these units ranked in the top two in the Pac-12, but are these the two best teams in that conference, David? No. You want to give me your candidate? Come yeah, on. I mean, yeah, I think I think on. USC obviously has to exactly. be at the top of the list yep. or, or definitely near the top of the list. But USC, Utah play next week, which is awesome. But yeah. um, no, they're not. I, I think USC is going to be in there. I agree with you. Even though USC uh, struggled against Oregon State, USC is USC. You're going to have games like that during the season, but I tell you what, that offense is so explosive and dynamic. And I think that defense is playing extremely well, playing too. Playing better, so, for yeah. sure. Chip Kelly just one and three against Utah. The wind is picking up here. The hype is picking up here in Lawrence. This crowd is getting louder here as we continue on on College Football Live. We're going to turn our attention to your favorite team, the Kansas Jayhawks, and what Lance Leipold has been able to do here at the booth. Stick around. You can help people affected by Hurricane Ian by donating at redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from disaster. Des, David, and Jen here on College Football Live. The Kansas Jayhawks, as you know, their first 5-0 start to a season since 2009. We talk about the basketball team here all the time, but there's something different happening in Lawrence this year. Gene Wojciechowski came to town to find out how this team has exceeded the expectations of everybody except for the expectations of Lance Leipold, the head coach. Every day and every 15 minutes from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., the bells of the 120-foot-high Campanile keep time for the University of Kansas. But on Saturdays at KU football games, those 53 bells also keep score. Spins off a blue devil. Oh, touchdown, Kansas! When we get in the end zone, it's a lot of waving the wheat. The bell tower rings to make a lot of noise. The fans are, you know, screaming out rock chalk this, rock chalk that when we are walking around campus. It's fun to be a KU football player now. We're not in Kansas anymore. At least, not the Kansas you remember. I don't remember the last time KU fans have gone to every game thinking they could beat anyone, and it's a great feeling. Jayhawks are one of the feel-good stories of the season, which means the bells keep ringing, the football bandwagon keeps growing. Welcome back to Hawk Talk with head coach Lance Leipold. They've been wanting and starving for something of consistency, something to latch on to in the fall, not just waiting for basketball season to start. Touchdown, Jayhawks! As we started to do that, I think that started to heal some of those wounds from the past. And throw it deep, out jumping the defender, and Butler finds the end zone for the second time. I think the best way to sum it up is one giant headache. The mascots, he wants to quit. I think that's probably the way a lot of people have felt over the last decade or so of watching Kansas football. And that'll do it. 61 to 6, the final. A lot of those games would start half full and end up a quarter full, if not less. They would leave and go rake their leaves, anything other than football. 
From 2010 through 2020, KU averaged two wins a year and a new head coach every three years. Let me introduce our next leader for Kansas football, Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold, who built a Division III dynasty at Wisconsin Whitewater and rebuilt the Buffalo program before coming to Kansas, won two games in 2021, including the Shocker at Texas as 31-point underdogs. Enzo caught! Kansas wins it! But a 12-point loss against Oklahoma last season and the reaction at his weekly radio show is what Leipold remembers most. And they gave a standing ovation. And I went up to my wife and I whispered, can you believe they're clapping for playing close? We've got to change this. We're not going to get in the moral victory business. Looks left, throws left, intercepted, and the party's underway. This season, moral victories have become actual victories. And there have been other changes. Do you remember where the Big 12 media picked you guys to finish this year? Yes, sir. Last. A number 10 out of 10. First game against Tennessee Tech this season. And we're about to kick off, and coach comes out to me and whispers in my ear, and he says, we're going to sell this place out. That's all I said. He didn't say when. Four weeks later, sold out crowd. You see a team that looks like they expect to win. You see fans. It looks like what college football is supposed to look like. Great season so far for Kansas. Coming up tomorrow on College Game Day, live from right here in Lawrence, there is a Heisman candidate here in town. We'll talk more about Kansas QB Jalen Daniels. Pete Thamel will join us again. He'll have the latest on Bryce Young's injury status. And Marty Smith goes one-on-one -on -one with LSU head coach Brian Kelly as LSU gets set to host Tennessee. All right, guys, we've talked about the number one team in the nation in Alabama. Let's quickly go through the next four teams on that list. David, I'll start with you. Okay, who's the next team on the list? You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> Clemson. Welcome to the season last week. A lot of people <laughs> doubting Clemson throughout the preseason. What are they made of? DJ Uwe Ungalale. I'll tell you what, nice win. The crowd was bananas last week yep. in Death Valley. Nice win. Nice job by the Tigers. Slowly continuing to get better and better. And you could tell this offense is way better than a year ago. Defense actually kind of a weakness. Red Bandana game, too, in BC. How about Michigan? Number four team in the country. J.J. McCarthy leads. It leads all quarterbacks in the FBS with 78% completion ratio. And that man right there, Blake Corum, 10 rushing touchdowns, leads the country. And the defense is starting to come around too, David. Yeah, and how about Mayan Williams? We talked all, all offseason about C.J. Stroud and Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigman, Marvin Smith, Marvin yeah, Smith. We, talk, we can keep going, right? Yeah. Mayan Williams has been putting people on his hood and putting people on notice, leading the Buckeyes and rushing. And this offense obviously doing what we thought they'd do. Auburn against number two Georgia. You know, Georgia struggled a week ago man against Missouri on the road. They couldn't run the ball that well in the first half. They got it together. And Auburn's defense is pretty good against the run. They gave LSU's running game fits. And then how's that man right there? 
Brian Harson. How does he continuously feel the competitive team week in and week out under the duress that he's dealing with in Auburn? Negativity for sure. I'm to be clear, we went five, four, three, two, one, not two, three, four, five. There, one. <laughs> Nobody knew the difference, and neither did we. The numbers. It so is great to be, to be here <laughs> in Lawrence. You know, the success of this team, a reward for those guys at Kansas who have stuck around, and maybe people will start pronouncing Coach Leipold's name correctly. Coach Leipold. 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 We'll see you guys next time.